Danielle Folk. I'm a wife, mother, sister, daughter, as well as a steward to a 186-year-old farmhouse. I've returned with my family to the country and have found value in the stories of the lives that came before us in this old house. And because of their story and the experiences out here in the middle, I now have a better sense of the value in a life that seeks a meaningful story and who is willing to be shaped by it. Want to become rooted in living your best life? Well, hop in the car, lace up those shoes, start that load of laundry, do whatever it is you need to do, and get ready for a quick trip into the country where I'll share stories of homesteading life and restoration. Together, we'll dig into topics that will lead you to reflect, rethink, and become more rooted in who you are today. It's so great to be back with you all. I'm really looking forward to this um, season on Grounded in the Middle because I've decided to do kind of like, um, I guess you could say a series of things that I want you as a listener to really benefit from. And I want us to think about storytelling and I want the focus to be on your story because at the end of last year, I kind of felt like the pieces have been put together for me a little bit from over the past, gosh, 10, 15 years. And things kind of came into view that gave me some perspective and understanding. And I want to share that with you in hopes that it can help you and this year and moving forward and this this year we have ahead. And so I want to first begin, though, by sharing an update from out here. We are getting Fioptics. And if you know anything about rural internet, you know it's nearly impossible to even record a podcast or be on your phone and be on the computer at the same time or have your TV trying to stream while you try to do anything else. And so we finally just got word that we should be getting our Fioptics in the next 30 days, which means my workload is going to go quicker and I won't hear, hey mom, can you prioritize the TV <laughs> or can you turn on my switch so that I can play? Uh, we have to pick and choose what what is able to be used at the same time here. And so there are some things that are going to be left behind. Um, and I kind of want to say they're going to be left behind in last year. We're not going to have to end the year the same as we did this past. And so that's super exciting for us. And another really exciting thing is, is we are getting chicks. We got them the last time during the pandemic, and we are going to be getting nine more chicks to add to our collection or our flock, I should say. And these are Americanas and they're really beautiful birds, but I have had horrible egg envy. And I know everyone's got egg envy right now because of the price of eggs, but I've had egg envy because I see on Instagram all these beautiful shades of blues and greens and browns, and all of our eggs are brown. And not that those aren't great because I know that is what they sell in the store. Um, but I've kind of wanted to have a little color out there. And so I'm really excited to try these new birds. But knowing that they are um, 
in the catalog, they'll it'll mention if they're good egg layers, excellent, or if they're very good. And so these are very good egg layers, but I went ahead and ordered three um, chickens or three chicks that are excellent layers just to make sure that we are, you know, getting eggs since that's the purpose of it all. So I'm very excited about picking them up here. Um, it won't be this uh, let's see, it'll be in just two, it'll be in two days. Yeah, it'll be on the 15th that we get to pick them up. So my mom and I are going to load up and she's going to get to hold the chicks on the way back in the box here to the homestead. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, we celebrated Parker, our youngest, um, his sixth birthday uh, this month. And that was absolutely a lot of fun. What's neat about him is he is the first to have a birthday here at the homestead. And he, when we moved here, had turned one. And so he and myself have in common only knowing country life, like as a kid. And so I think that's really neat. The twins were five when we moved out here. And of course, you know, that's really what they're going to remember. But for Parker, this is home. And I think that's unique to him that he doesn't have any memories of our past home where we did bring him home to. Um, Aside from that, we have planned our garden and I'm so proud of us because we typically get to February and go, Ooh, we should be ordering our seeds or we get to March and say, Oh, we really got to order our seeds. And when we get online, usually everything has been sold out. And so I get to the point where I'm like, well, you don't have this tomato plant. I'll just go buy this one. Who cares? You know, tomato is a tomato, right? Tomato, tomato. Um, but we did get our garden plan and it was fun. My husband, he planned our big garden and it's a little bit, just kind of a little bit smaller than like a quarter acre, I guess you could say. And he does his on his, com on his computer. And I sat right next to him and I am just hands. Like I like to use paper and pencil and, um, I sat next to him and I planned our kitchen garden, which is going to be new. And I've always wanted to have a kitchen garden that had, my staples, like my basil and thyme, but I've always had this little table on our back porch that I had made an herb garden, but I'd love to get those. I think they would do better out in a bigger um, container and in more sunlight during the day. And so I've planned these two beds and I'm really excited because the Weir family, when they lived here, and if you're not familiar, the Weir family, they're who built our home in 1837. And so there was a kitchen garden mentioned in some of the family history. And so I was like, of course, I, I wanted one and now I really have to have one. So I sat next to Aaron and I planned on, um, on paper what's going to be in the kitchen garden. So we'll have lettuce and carrots. I'm going to have, um, we're going to have snap peas that are in it and such. But um, lots of fun things. I'll, I'm going to do um, not beets, they're radishes. I'm going to have radishes as well. But things that we can go out and easily pull from. And I think it'll just be a lot of fun to have that there. So Aaron and I both kind of took, you know, one thing each. And we got the garden ordered. And we actually already have some seeds here. So from uh, burpees, but it was really neat. If you guys have a chance, get online um, on Instagram and Locust Hill Farms, Kristen, uh, I want to give her a shout out. She did a free online garden class and she had some amazing resources that she shared with us. And she sent out this great calendar 
And it's a nice, I guess you could say it's almost five by seven, but it's on rings and it's a calendar and it notes for you each month how to get, um, you know, what you should be doing for your garden. And I just love it. I have it sitting by our coffee maker and it's just a nice reminder because while we are not physically out there working in our garden and pulling in harvest and such, there are things we need to be thinking about and planning and doing now before it before it shows up because it's coming very soon. And speaking of that, I tell you what, we we have seen over the past 5 years what the different seasons, like the different signs of them approaching. And I'll tell you what I told Aaron this past week and I said, I'll tell you what, spring is coming because Woody the woodpecker came and he so nicely pecked on the back of the house. It sounded like metal he was pecking into. He was probably used to rotted wood, but since the back gutter is fixed, I think he was surprised to find that there was there was nothing there to get for him um, or for her. Um, but the robins have been busy. They are big. My mom even said that there's so many robins out and we've noticed that they're this deep rusty color this year versus like a lighter um, brownish orange. And so those are things that are happening. We're seeing, and I'm getting really excited for spring. Plus I already have daffodils that are out about three or four inches from our mulch bed. And with these warm temps we're getting, like it's, I say warm, I mean, in the fifties, they're going to be really coming up. So friends, I know that uh, Phil, Punxsutawney Phil, told us that we're going to have more winter, but doesn't it all work out the same? It's either six more weeks of winter or it's six more weeks till like of maybe cool of warmer. I, I forget how that works, but I feel like it works out the same way. Oh, they say only six more weeks until spring. It's all the same. Anyways, let nature tell you it is going to be spring here soon enough. It is coming nonetheless. <laughs> so, um, that's kind of my update here in the middle of what's been kind of going on in this, uh, still these winter months and it's been nice and it has been so restful and we've really needed it. But what I want to talk to you about is I want to get into you thinking about your story in this life. And I'm, again, I'm going to break this down in four episodes. And at the end of each one, I'm going to have things for you to think about. And I'm not going to keep this too long because I want it to be information that can easily stick in your head and for you to think about this week. So first off though, I love storytelling. And the reason I came to this podcast, just as a reminder, is because I I loved thinking of how people used to sit on their front porches. And that's the purpose of the front porch was to be out of the house because so often it would be so hot inside during those summer months that most people were outside and they were sitting in the shade of their porches. And there was so much that would occur on those porches, kids playing, uh, people sitting there chatting, visiting, Um, you know, you talk about the day's events on the porch, but eventually you kind of linger down memory lane and as Aaron and I have spent the past five years getting more time on our porches, I have found that there's so much to be learned from our past and our memories or, or maybe stories that we had once been told that are maybe more relevant now. And so I want to share with you that storytelling 
has just been this fundamental way of how people have communicated for thousands of years. It's nothing new. And what's neat is over in France, there's a cave and I, I'll probably say it wrong, but I want to say it's the Chavette, Chav, yeah, Chavette cave. And it's the oldest representation of storytelling, storytelling found this far. And it goes back 36,000 years ago. And the cave painting that is inside of it tells the story of a volcanic eruption. And that's according to this article I read in news.artnet.com. But it's kind of neat to think 36,000 years ago, you're trying to leave or trying to communicate or tell this story and, and someone has painted it inside of a cave. And then you flash forward to now. So it's like turning, you know, a hundred pages or a hundred chapters later. And our storytelling has evolved into podcast, into books, into, um, you know, we've got Instagram and Facebook all these different social media platforms to tell stories and to tell your story. And if you haven't thought of it before, as probably if you're in my age group, I'm 37, Facebook was the beginning of capturing our stories and what we shared. And so as much as I don't care to be on Facebook much anymore, I haven't gotten rid of it because guess what? My story is there. My pictures are there and they're so good, Facebook is, about showing you memories from certain days, weeks, or or such. And those are things that stick with us. It is a part of our story. And so we we lean on those things now. But can you imagine, you know, back then you had people writing with quills. You kind of think of what happened in the middle from cave paintings until now. You have people writing with quills. You have the typewriter that came about, um, the first computer. You had telegraphs. Like, it's absolutely insane to think how it has taken such a long time to get to where we are. But it's really quite awesome, you know, of how things have changed and how we can communicate with each other on FaceTime, on our um, computers and Zoom. We are able to to see and um, connect with people and share our own stories. So stories not only help us connect, but they can also help us understand ourselves. And I think that through telling our own stories is even when we maybe realize more about ourselves, It's also a time when we can learn about others by just listening. And of course, there's lots of memes out there and such that, you know, tell you to be a good listener or I don't like they encourage it. But have you really thought about that, though? Like listening is such an important thing because you can kind of then just get someone's, you know, whole story or more of their story or why they think the way they do because maybe they were shaped that way. I think so often we're so quick to point a finger and act like it's somebody's fault that they believe in a certain way that may be different than ours when they were just shaped. They were raised a certain way. They came from a certain place. They had an experience that that has led them to, you know, their beliefs today. And so 
others can think the same about us. And so storytelling can really allow us to, to kind of understand culture and history and values. And as much as some may think that it could divide you, it actually could help unite us through sharing our stories. So I've spent the past five years sharing about our home's history. And I started to think about the podcast this year and how to kind of move it forward. And I'm going to kind of share a little bit more over the next next, uh, month, kind of more of my own story and and how it will help me or how the steward, as being a steward of this old house, how it has helped me, um, the house's the house's story has helped me realize my own. And I just value the lives that came before us and getting to talk with the descendants of those who came before us. It has um, it has opened my eyes and and in a way I never expected. And so now I know of the value in a life that seeks a meaningful story and is willing to be shaped by it. And so let's talk about you. Can you think of your very earliest memories from your childhood? The absolute earliest. And I find this to be such a challenge. I'm kind of one of those people who want like an instant answer from myself, but think back to your earliest memories. And I'm not talking about you being able to recall a photograph from like, what, like your baby book or, you know, from a family photo album. What is something you actually remember being present for, like in your body can like remember? Well, over winter break, I spent a really good amount of time thinking about my earliest memories. And while there was like, it was, it was very difficult to kind of get there. There was one early memory that came from kindergarten that I not only could tell you really everything about, but I, I felt like it is where my story began and where, where my, the, the trajectory of where I was going to go was kind of like set, like that was it. I was on a mission. And so I'm just going to share with you real quick, um, because I'll get into it over the next couple weeks, but in kindergarten, I went half day and I went in the afternoon and my mom had shared some lipstick with me that day. And I always wore these leggings and it would be popular now, I guess. Um, it's funny how the, the nineties, eighties and nineties have come back. Um, but this was 1990 and I had on a sweater and I had on my leggings and my hair was all done cute. And mom sent me off to kindergarten and my teacher who will rename, (laughs) remain nameless, um, She stood me up. She'd called me to the back of the classroom, back by the sink. And she had stood me up in front of the class and she told me to wash my face. And I had no idea why, like 
I, I like I didn't think there was anything wrong with that. And this wasn't like I was covered in makeup. I my mom had just shared a little bit of lipstick with me. That's all it was. And but she stood me up in front of my whole class and and she told me to wash my face and that lipstick's not allowed. You're not allowed to wear makeup in kindergarten. And that's been part of my story all along. That's why I knew all along. That's why I wanted to be a teacher. But what I didn't realize was how much more was tied to that moment in that in that um, that point of time for me. And you think about a child and standing having to be stood up before your peers. And from that, I just felt like nothing was safe. Everything had to be perfect. You could not step out of the lines. That's too dangerous because guess what? You can be embarrassed, right? In front of your peers. Um, I had never had any intentions of doing anything wrong, but I think it kind of made me a bit uptight and, and it kind of set my path. And I started to question, had that event not happened in my life, where would that five-year-old gone in life? What career path would she have taken? Because when that moment happened, it wasn't long after I knew in first grade, I was going to be a kindergarten teacher because I didn't want anyone else to have an experience like that. I wanted it to be a great experience. And so my thought now is, is as I have left teaching, and I've struggled to be a stay-at-home mom because I've got a lot of energy. I've got creative uh, juices, I guess you could say. I have lots of things I'm interested in. But I have been asking God ever since I left the classroom. I've attended workshops even at church about finding your purpose. And I spent the last year reading a lot of books about you know your purpose in life. But Bob Goff had said it well. He said, you know, just because you have a certain skill set doesn't mean that's your purpose in life. So just because I could be a teacher and uh, and I could be, you know, great at my job, it doesn't mean that was my ultimate purpose in this life. And so what I want to leave you with today is this. I want you to think about you and your earliest memory. And this may take some time to do. Um, I suggest that you write it down on a scrap piece of paper or in your phone, wherever you can kind of keep track of it. But just kind of start writing down any memories. Don't force it. Don't try to go back to when you're four. Maybe just start somewhere and kind of work your way back because for me, it takes a little bit of time to get those old memories kind of out of the memory bank. But write down any memories, just like a quick note. It doesn't have to be like a long note or anything, or it can be. Um, think about the memories that you have and consider if, if any of them have a ripple effect. Did any of them expand further than than that moment. So maybe you remember a birthday party. Great. Maybe that's all you remember. Or maybe something happened at that birthday party and it kind of changed the way you saw a friend or the way you acted, or maybe an, a, something else occurred at that birthday party that then created this ripple effect, right? That's what I'm trying to get at. 
And then within those memories that you list, do any of them connect to each other? Does one dot connect to the next? And within all of those memories too, are there any, is there any pain or regret or shame that you feel that you're tied to them? And you may find that there's not. Um, for some, you may find um, there to be a lot of feelings tied to a certain event. Um, but within that too, is there anything from your childhood that still kind of has a hold on you? Kind of like me in my kindergarten, you know, it was just that one moment that day, but it is one moment that led me through my education, knowing I was going to be a teacher. It's why I went to college. It is, um, you know, I'll tell you this, I feel like it was where I was meant to be because I was supposed to teach first grade. And when I signed my contract, it was for kindergarten. So I knew I was in the right place. Um, but is there anything like that in your life that kind of has like that hold on you, um, a feeling or an idea? And what do what beliefs do you have now about yourself that may question that you may question where they came from? And think about when or where those things kind of like manifested. So if you can't necessarily think of a memory right away, think about, I don't know, maybe think about the things that you only know about yourself. Um, pain that you might have or um, a particular situation that just bubbles up that you can't, you can't shake it, you know? Um, you kind of are anchored down because of an event that happened. So kind of thinking about yourself and things that you're carrying around, um, maybe they're tied to a memory. Maybe kind of consider where did that ever come from in order to get you back to that earlier part of life. And then lastly, I want you to think about what your inner voice tells you on a daily basis. And in is it something that could be changed? Is it positive? Is it negative? Um, and where does that come from? So I want you to think about your earliest memory. And if you need a little help with that, I want you to think about the beliefs you have or, or things that you kind of carry inside that only you know about, um, your perspectives or feelings. Think about where those came from? When did something happen um, that you got those ideas from, those feelings? And then if you need a little more help still, think about your inner voice and how you talk to yourself. Because those are those are the things that we hold tight inside of us. They're part of our story and kind of going back and seeing where those are written in our lives early on. If we can kind of take a peek at that, then we can kind of get a good idea of where we could start to kind of piece our story back together and, and move forward in the days ahead and build ourselves into the people who we are today. We may carry that stuff around, but we don't have to. I think we can find some resolve. And that's what I want to do with you over the next few weeks. So friends, I am going to 
leave you there today um, with that. But I want to share a quote real quick with you from Joanna Gaines' book called The Stories We Tell. And she says, I want you to keep this in mind that without hurt, we can never know trust. And without pain, we can never know what wholeness feels like. And without disappointment, we never know triumph. So let's spend this week thinking about you and your story. And next week, I'll meet you back here and we'll kind of pick through where your story begins. Friends, I will see you next time. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you will rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast and share with those you know. If you'd like to see more of what life is like out here in the middle, you can find me on Instagram at farmhousestoryteller or head to my website, farmhousestoryteller.com.